Yep. Hello, I'm Max Tunkin. And I'm Patrick Kovic. And this is episode 21 of Rewatch Podcast. This week we are watching episode 22 of Lost. See, I knew there was a reason I always said the number's different, because eventually they were going to desync. This week we are watching Exodus, part two. Uh, and our guest this week is a uh, hip-hop artist, musician, game, soundtrack composer, Adam Doswan Drucker. Uh, Slap bass enthusiast. Seinfeld theme song enthusiast. He composed... <laughs> The theme music also for, known as everyone. Yeah, sure. Who doesn't love that soundtrack all the time? Uh, he composed the theme music for our podcast, so we'll talk to him about that. We'll talk to him about Lost. We will talk to him about uh, touring in Europe and playing stadiums for uh, people who do not speak English and doing rap for them. Uh, we have sponsors this week. Uh, this week's episode is sponsored by the mighty, mighty Iron Galaxy. We make lots of games. You might even like a few. You can follow us on Twitter at I to the G. Uh, thank you very much to Iron Galaxy and to Dave Lang for uh, sponsoring us. Uh, Dave Lang, you can go fuck yourself. And thank you also to Field Notes Brand. Field Notes Brand are USA-made memo books and other products, including seasonal limited editions. You can visit them at fieldnotesbrand.com. Or if you're in Chicago, you can check out the Field Notes Brand headquarters at 400 North May. Thank you to Jim Kudal and Field Notes for sponsoring our podcast. Uh, how's it going, Patrick? It's good. It's busy. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's a busy. Uh, it's a busy week. Just life. Life is busy. Life is busy. Social things are busy. We got this. Work is busy. We got this podcast we're doing right this now. Podcast that we're doing. We're not a day late. Don't worry about now, it. Now I have a question. You got the mm-hmm. Apple Watch that doesn't solve all your life's problems. Gosh, apparently not. I should have bought the the the, the nicer if, one. If you had a fancier band, see that's the thing. Is I got the metal band. Mm-hmm. I think I'm not going to have any more mil- stress or work is in that my what life. That's called the Milanese Loop. Milanese Loop. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, uh, apparently my, my uh, $350 does not solve uh, your life's woes. <laughs> Getting notifications slightly closer to your face does not fix everything. For me, it will, though. Oh, okay. I've well, you, so you don't have yours. So yeah, you, you yeah. can still hold out hope that it's going to change everything. Yeah. I won't have to do any more work. The, the watch is going to do it. God, watch, that sounds great. Watch will solve it. Uh, all right. I got to ask you about a Kotaku article. This yeah. is becoming our thing now. It's just yep. I ask you about an article That's every week. Why? I just read so many a, interesting things. You've been on a tear lately. It's yeah, been, killing you, it. You've been, you've been doing a good job. Thank you. Um, I'm kind of shocked. I actually, well, this is a, sort of a meta question, but I'm actually sort of like, it's kind of weird. Like I often don't think of Kotaku as like having these like weird, uh, how do I say it? Like interesting articles. Sure. No, um, they're, they, have they a do a reputation. lot of like, yeah, they do a lot of like whatever the news of the minute is. Yes. Um, whereas you're doing more like, where did this story come from kind of stuff. But and the kind of a, stuff that I like reading. And it has a very poor layout to encourage you to just go to it and find all that stuff. Um, yeah. We, 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 that is something we are <laughs> more, than, more than acutely aware of. Um, but uh, but how, how does that work? Is that, was that one a part of the idea of when they hired you, you'd kind of go out and find these weird stories? I mean, like, like the Esteban thing is like a perfect example of like, that's not news until you made it news, right? The mandate from my editor, Steven Zatillo, is essentially go report on things people are doing. Um, we report on the news of the day, which is sort of like, you know, the industry, you know, Batman Arkham Knight gets announced, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like, obviously, you cover Ten that Ten crazy stuff. things you won't believe you'll click on. <laughs> people <laughs> click on them. Um, if they stop clicking on them, people will stop writing them. That's kind of the <laughs> weird part about how all that stuff works. Yeah. Um, but, no, it's it's like writing about what people are doing in games, right? So a lot of the stuff you see on the site, uh, a lot of the stuff that I focus on, you know, like one of those stories that uh, I'm, I'll have going up. Uh, as we're recording, not as we're recording, but a little after we record it, is like the origin of the Let's Play, right? Like, which is this, you know, story about someone who essentially can take credit for inventing what is now a multi-million dollar industry on YouTube. And the funny part about that is that it didn't even start as like videos or even playing games. It was that people wanted to play Oregon Trail, and then they put 
like picked people from a something awful forum thread and said, those are the people that I'm going to punch into my game and I'll tell you how you die. God, I, 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 I want to say I remember these kind of things happening. Like this was like way back in the day. Two thousand six. Yeah, I, I want to say I remember this stuff happening because I used to be just. I mean, I was on something awful every day mm-hmm. before I had friends in real life, uh, and I remember this stuff. I mean, there was a lot. I think that actually, if you want to go back e- even further. A lot of that came from people playing werewolf on something awful and playing role-playing games. Sure. Um, and there was like the old, I think it was called like pen and paper, like sub-thread of the mm-hmm. gaming forum. Were you on something awful back in the day? No. Well, well, that's a complicated question. Okay. No, I was not part of the something awful community, but somehow something awful, Lotax specifically, the creator of uh, something awful, somehow got a hold of a photo of me when I was like, 12 wearing holding a golf club and i was smashing something i don't know it appeared on something awful several times okay and he was making fun of me and usually he was calling me a jew oh no it's fine it was very funny Uh uh-huh i just don't remember the context sounds hilarious uh do you follow rich on uh, twitter by the way no I uh uh all all politics aside because i don't want to get any angry emails Mm -hmm. but low tax is so funny on twitter okay he's so funny on twitter okay that's my pick of the week. And he was a very, I mean, you know, 1999 when that site launched, like, I followed something awful quite a bit. I mean, a lot of the early internet memes came from, all your base belong to us is from something awful, you know, uh, where did, ba- was it, uh, where did Babby come from? Babby? Yes. Babby yes. From? That was a something, that, well, that was Yahoo a Yahoo answer answers, that became a something awful The animation meme. was like a something awful thing. Chuck Norris facts, that was a something awful thing. Like a lot that of That was the, by, uh, our friend uh, made that. Uh, hmm? He went to um, the guy who made that went to uh, Brown with uh, Eli and, oh, uh, and Ben. And cool. They were friends coming up. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's a cool. I can't I cannot wait to read that article because I remember that being around. That was sort of how I got into Werewolf was I used to watch people play in the threads and they had sort of ha- adapted the game to that. And I can see where then that led to like people being like, oh, we could do this with video games. Yeah. Like the, the question of the article is not definitively answering like who invented the Let's Play. It's more like... T- what is invention like what like kind yeah. of form ex- like forms exist before forms are formalized and institutionalized and given names yeah and then it's sort of like exploring that question of what is it like to be the person that sort of created the current form with the name attached if you didn't necessarily create the form it's to begin with yeah it's interesting because the actual form itself i associate with uh one up EGM and then later Giant Bomb doing well, even the even earlier than that right like if you take like eighties and nineties VHS tapes in which people were like talking over games and giving you tips like are the, those are are those technically let's plays like yeah I mean I mean the modern format of a game being played and you have a strong personality on the camera reacting to the game that but I, even that was like Game Center CX which is like a popular Japanese show that's been going on since like the late nineties really? early aughts huh. like. He was still kind of so, but but, that, but like the, this guy Slow Beef, uh, Michael Sawyer. Um, fun, there's a lot. There's our lost connection. Sawyer. Uh-huh. Uh, he was the one. He's the that original was, Sawyer. Yeah, like Let's Play came from an Oregon Trail thread in which communities got involved in a game that was happening separately, and then someone else attached that to. Oh, so Slow Beef then attaches that to uh, a screenshot thread thing, and then at some point he decides I'm going to do it with video and commentary. And then that becomes sort of the modern let's play. Um, it's, That's yeah, so interesting. It's, it's, Do you feel really like bizarre. you have a piece in that history? Me? No, yes. definitely not. That's so weird. I, I mean, like, I, worked I, for, like... I worked for a site that had a piece. And then, I mean, like the Quick Look is like was sort of serendipitous around the time of the let's play. But like the Quick Look started out as an actual Quick Look. Like the first Quick Look was actually like seven minutes long. 
and then it just stuck as a name right it became popular i i feel like the i'd say giant bomb has had yeah i would say that i would say giant bomb is an institution uh influenced a lot of you know like it was one up giant bomb and then the rest of the media kind of piggybacked on top of that while it also spread on YouTube in a lot of other different forms. Yeah, I, I always think that's when I see a modern, you know, someone on, on, on Twitch like playing a game and, and a strong personality and they like are like having a commentary and sometimes like trying to break the game or do funny things in the game, like I just that feels to me so much like a quick look. Like that. Well, I, like I mean, you know, from. And, and the people don't like Total Biscuit for all sorts of reasons, but um, he's extremely popular and he credits Giant Bomb with you know him coming up with his own form and so mm. who's this total what i don't know some guy some guy never heard of him all right let me ask you about um this was my favorite thing that you wrote this week uh or it was actually last week it was mm-hmm. uh an interview with uh, this developer matt atkins yes do you want to set that up matt atkins published an article on medium that got a lot more hits than the article i wrote <laughs> <laughs> following up on his claims uh in which he said that he had uh, submitted a uh uh, a concept for an iOS game with a sort of a working prototype uh, that was basically Pong but turned into a circle. So mm-hmm. you were just kind of like a, the, the Pong paddle would like go around the circle and then you would try to move the, the, the ball in between that. So he submitted that to this company called KetchUp. Well, can we, we should back up to his Medium article. So in the Medium article, when he was talking about how he mm-hmm. picked KetchUp, well, how was he? How did he make that decision? He made this his, was the funny part. This is the whole crux of it to me. Yes. Well, he, yeah, he wants to make it rich, right. and he looks at the app store as we draw a bunch of crappy games get a lot of people popular, which not horribly. Un, you know, there are there's truth to that, and right. into some into some degree. So he, he but basically, but he, he basically was like, I see that crap, and I want to make my own crap, and I want to get rich off that crap. Right. And he looks at the apps in his medium art. This is his words. He, in his medium article, he he's like, I looked at the app store, and there was one company that of all the people peddling all the crap on the app store, they seem to be like the most savvy, the least scrupulous, and they would take these crappy games and get them to the top of the app store consistently. And I want to get in with that company. Yes. And then what happened? Well, well, alleg- well he, his, he, he alleges he alleges yeah. that they they stole his app, <laughs> which you know, if if we if we separate all the reporting I did, like take it at face value, like kind of feels like you got what you were you know like what did you expect to happen? It's like here? I picked the worst shittiest people. It, a, a company that if we expand the context, like right. it was be, became known as an entity right. because of threes last year right. in which. Threes, uh, you know, with full disclosure, is made by, you know, co-made by someone in the office that we work with. Um, and uh, Threes was quickly cloned for a web game by an Italian programmer who was not trying to be horrible. He just Yeah, he wanted, put his thing up for free on GitHub. It was open source, yeah. yeah. He was just like, I want to play this in a web browser. And, like, and like that's totally valid. Um, but it, because he made it open source, it meant anyone could take the code, do whatever they want with it. So Ketchup took the open source code, slapped ads on it, and became like even bigger than the threes, one of the biggest mobile games uh, of 2014. Um, but that they never really owned up to... Like the fact that it was kind of slimy and creepy what they did. And I wrote a whole story about that for Giant Bomb in which I tracked down these guys and this developer, Antoine Morcos, and his brother. Um, and they never got back to me about any of that stuff. So it was, like, very funny when I got an email from this kid saying, like, Ketchup stole my thing. And, like, a couple people on... Oh, he sent you a... He sent, us, he sent like, the tips uh, section of, like, Kotaku, like, uh, hey, I wrote this thing. Like, you guys should write about it. And some of the other editors were kind of talking about it. I was like, no, it's Ketchup. I've got their number. Like, <laughs> I've, I've, been, I've been down this road before. I want to go down it again. And, the you know, the, the truth of it is more just that 
that type of game already existed. Like the idea right. of like a circular pong has been around for like more than a decade, if not longer than that. Um, and it and, like- and that actually, like, it just seemed there was. It's really weird, but like the weirdest part about it is so Ketchup, this company that you know, this kid is alleging stole uh, his game. They're dealing with clones of their own games, which are clones of other games. Right. And well, maybe. Maybe. A lot of this is sort of like weird and mixture, and it's like worth going down the rabbit hole with my story by trying to kind of break down how, you know, the bottom line is like the mobile world is a fucking mess and yeah. don't make games for it. Um, but um, that there was actually just another game that got like shuffled around between different companies that was the exact same concept. And what, It seems like the circular Pong idea, the sense I got of it from your article is that it was sort of, it's been floating around in the ether, like this mm-hmm. idea for many years. And recently, like with uh, like post Flappy Bird, a lot of people simultaneously were like, "This is a good idea because you can play it with one finger," yes. and like it, you know, just a lot of people working on this idea at the same time. Yeah. But my favorite part of the article is like when you go. So this guy is like, I went, I tried to find the shittiest, most you know, like like yeah. unscrupulous people, and then they stole my game. And you went to them, and you're like, "Did you steal this guy's game?" And they were like. No, look at this other company that's stealing our games, and they're like an Android thing that clones all of Ketchup's clones. And then you yep. went to look at them, and it's not clear, but they also might be Ketchup, but it's not clear. Like, well, that would be the so conspiracy. I don't think they're Ketchup, but I the information I was able to look up about who they are led me to a phone number in which the person claimed they were not this. Or I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what company you're talking about. Even though it's the only com- number I could find on file for this other clone company that publishes clones of ketchup's ios games on the amazon store for android phones what a mess uh yeah it's 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 wild it's you know clones of clones clones of clones clones. but this i know i know like this story oh what's great about it also is that so because uh uh ketchup was getting slandered through this article or at least you know they're being uh, you know accused of some pretty unscrupulous activity uh they were very quick to get back to me with some answers about how shitty this kid was and then after i kind of got through with the, the information I wanted from them, or at least quotes, you know, responding to their allegations, I was like, I mean, do you guys, you guys must understand that the, the reason people would be suspicious of you is because of, you know, what happened with threes in 2048. Immediately stopped responding to oh, no. all of my emails. And then earlier today, I woke up. One of the first uh, tweets I had from someone was Ketchup tweeting at me uh, from their official Twitter account, linking me to a making of video for some new iPhone game they're coming out with, as I I can only assume is a way of like saying like, no, look at all this hard work we put into, to our stuff. And what a mess. Um, well, definitely recommend this article. Uh, it is called The Messy Story Behind a Game Clone, and I will put it in the show notes, which are available mm-hmm. for this episode and every episode at rewatchpodcast.com. All right, let's do some quick follow-up here, um, and then let's do our uh, get to our um, interview with uh, Dose One. Um, all right, I'll take this first one. This is from Patrick. He writes... Hello, I'm a huge Lost fan. I have almost completed it eight times. I was wondering how I would be able to watch you guys. I would like to hear your thoughts on the show. I just had to put this one in because it was so crazy. Like, how did he get our email address but also not know that it was a podcast that he could listen to? What do you think is going on here? I can't tell if he's not in English or, mm-hmm. like, not a primary English speaker, so maybe that's explaining some of the... So I'm always hesitant to make fun of someone if maybe they just don't speak English natively, like or he's young, which is possible. But what kid is like? How do I? I'd like to hear your thoughts. Like to hear thoughts on the show. 
All right, Patrick. Is it possible that Okay, yeah, if you're listening to this. Yeah, if you're listening to this, you've please. done it. You are hearing, in fact, you're hearing our thoughts on Lost right now. We need follow-up, follow-up. Here's a thought. It's pretty good. I like it. Yeah, some ups, some downs. Yeah. Overall, I recommend it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if not, is it possible you just like stumbled upon this podcast and just email? Is the email on the website? Yes. That's what I'm thinking. But how do you get all the way to the website? And not listen to the podcast? And not, you have to scroll down past all the lists of the episodes <laughs> <laughs> to get to our email. All right, let's get to some real ones. I want to know, though, Patrick. Do you want to do this uh, Robert one? Sure. Um, Robert, just finished your episode on Exodus Part 1. What an awesome episode. Both the show and the podcast. Thank you. Patrick Rothfuss was a fantastic guest who was shockingly insightful. Wow. Backhanded compliment. Uh, considered he's never watched Lost. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll accept it. And your discussion analysis was great as well. Did you, you d- wait, wait, did you go back and listen to the... Because you weren't here I for when we taped no, it. No, I will. You'll dig it. It's okay. good. It was a good interview. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't mention what a turd <laughs> Shannon was, by, was being by letting Vincent run into the water. It was a super touching moment, but I kept worrying that Vincent wouldn't make it to the raft or get back to the beach. As somebody who, uh, who watched Lost live when it aired uh, and has been looking for a reason to rewatch, I've been loving your entire show run. I totally not get committing to watching seasons two through six as you're both insanely busy. That said, I just want to say that if you decided to cluster episodes together or even do just episodes looking back at season finales, openers, whatever episodes you want, the constant, I'd watch and support via donation or Patreon if you had it. Love the show, and if you end it here, you made a great guy for the first season. Take care. Well, that's very kind of you, Robert. Yeah, I think uh, we're, we, we should um, maybe we'll... we'll um in, in lieu of a spoiler t- chat, because I don't think we have any spoiler chat to do mm-hmm. this week. That'll be all at the end. Um, yeah, maybe after the episode is done, we'll, we'll stick around. We'll chat for a few minutes about what we're thinking um, post, uh, post-season post one, because uh, we've, we've had a couple of uh, talks about it. All right, Kurt writes in, Hey, Max and Clip Clop, this podcast was actually the catalyst for me finally getting around to watching Lost. I immediately got obsessed, and the first week you guys missed an episode, I took it as an excuse to jump ahead. I ended up, this is why we shouldn't ever miss an episode. I ended up finishing the series during the long break. Yeah, Patrick, see, I kept telling you, we got to stick to the schedule, man. <laughs> we can't miss a week. Don't, don't, don't you dare start. Uh, well, kind of. I, I love seasons one and two. Uh, I'd say they were just as good, if not better, than the best of Breaking Bad. One was more captivating. Care, careful with some of the stuff coming up. Yeah, yeah. One was more captivating. Two was more ambitious, even if it occasionally stumbled. Uh, there's literally nothing else I can read here. Uh, just, the first episode is my favorite episode of season one, season I feel, two. I feel like we can, can we, we could probably say we can say titles. No, yeah, okay. none of this so gives season, away anything. Season three through the end, there were exactly two episodes I liked. Not Portland. What the hell is that one? I can't say. There's nothing you can say. Okay. Uh, Mitlios. Oh right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's vague enough. That's the first flashback for a new character we haven't met yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and Greatest Hit. Yeah. That's a great episode. That's a great episode. Season four had one good episode, The Constant. <laughs> what? I, just, I love the phrasing of that. One good episode. Yeah, I don't, I'm going to look through season four's Disagree, titles. I guess. Um, uh, which was, Season four was a, was a, was a bad season. Uh, which was just good sci-fi regardless of Lost. I gave up. Uh, a couple of episodes into season five and just started reading the Lostpedia summaries. I then watched the series finale and it was one of the worst endings imaginable. I could go on, but I wanted to keep... Th- I mean, here's the thing, though, is of course it's going to be... Oh, you are so wrong! Right, let, me see this this great- let me see this list. What do we got here? That episode's great. No, ca- I hate Cabin Oh, is that get out of here. That's one with chess, right? I no, I might be... Con- anything. Okay. Mm. Oh, right, right, right. That's a great one. <sighs> mm. 
I didn't like season four. Season four was was like shoehorning all these new characters and stuff in. I, I don't like change. <laughs> okay, that's fine. All right, you want to do this? Uh, you got Melissa. Yeah, I got you, Melissa. Let me. Thank you for your thoughts, Kurt. Yeah, thank you. I uh, I definitely think that if you have seen all the episodes, the finale is going to pack more of a punch. Uh, hi, Max and Patrick. Well, this was a life-changing event for me, but after it ended, I didn't watch it again until this year when my friend started hosting a weekly Lost Night in his new home theater. It's a mix of fans and new viewers, so we don't discuss the show in too much detail for, for fear of spoiling anyone. I listened to podcasts all day at work and searched out a Lost-centric title that was currently updating, and I'm glad I found you. Woo! The one person out there looking for, like, for that. Yeah, 2015. <laughs> like, I just know if there's like a Lost. new Lost podcast yeah. to updating. I mean, that's great. That's yeah. you, you exist. Yeah. Uh, you have great insight of the show, and I no longer feel like the only person in the world who loved the finale for choosing heartfelt closure on um, the character storyline instead of mysterious plot points. I'd rather have an episode that makes me cry instead of one that makes me say, ah, okay, I get it now. See? You're on, the, you're on the right side of history. Uh, I never hated any character on the show. I had people I loved and people I only liked, but I'm growing even more fond of the cast on the second run through the series. I'd say that's, that's really fair. I feel that way, too. Uh, I used to find Kate a little dull now, but I look at her interactions with other survivors and realize that while she may not be the most exciting hero, she's a sweet friend who's protective of the community. Just wait until the later seasons, uh, Melissa. Uh, none of the episodes focused on her are my favorites, but I think... Uh, if I were inside this show, I'd be grateful to have her around. Do you guys have any discrepancies between the characters you enjoy watching the most and the ones you would actually want as part of your island circle? That's a good question. Uh, I live in St. Louis, was in Chicago for the weekend of C2E2, and had an amazing time at Cards After Dark. I want to say hi to Max, but couldn't find him after the show. Probably not a great conversationalist at 1 a.m. Anyway, thanks for putting out a great podcast. I hope you continue past the season one finale. Uh, Melissa, I'm sorry that I missed you. I, uh, I snuck out of the show uh, like one minute before it ended, so I didn't have to talk to anyone. So my <laughs> strategy was so not, not only are you not a great conversationalist at 1 a.m., uh, Melissa, but neither is Max. Nope. I in, fact, in fact, he I did. The, <laughs> but thank you for coming. And that show was really fun. That's probably my favorite thing we've done here so far. It was a really good comedy show. Uh, all right. Patrick. Okay. Let's, let's get to the heart of this question is that who would you have in your island circle? All right. You get to pick three. Okay. Hmm. Well, Saeed's my number one. Okay. He, he's just... He's just dead fucking useful. Yep. Saeed is like... He's a multi-purpose tool. He like... And he doesn't need... He doesn't dither a lot. Like, I like even in this episode when, when it's like when the baby gets taken, he's just like, pow, he's out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, go, you will do a draft style. Okay, so Saeed's off. Saeed's off, off the I board. got him. Damn. Yeah, I know who you're taking, too. Okay. Um, I left, I left, you can have him. I left him for you. Oh, I won't go... Yeah, lock. Yeah. You're in. I mean, you know, kind of a dick, but hey... Yeah, I feel. I feel like the that, 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 that's like the that's the the big quarterback off the boards. Like the all purpose, they can do a lot. They can carry the team. Kind of only need one. But then, where do you go from there? Uh, Sun would be a good pick. Uh, very I feel resourceful. Like, I feel like she always knows comes, how to garden. Yeah, she always comes through in a pinch. She's like a good hard worker. Stuff. She de- yeah, she deals with everyone. She has she has like practical skills. Um, uh, Michael, pretty useful. He knows how to build stuff, but he's um, kind of a tool. See, Michael's definitely the one who it's like, I find him insufferable personally, but he's, he, yes. I might have him on my island. Yeah, I mean, he helped the, make the caves. Like he a, built, like, he like designed that irrigation system, yep. which I always thought was pretty clever. Yep. Uh, but my actual pick, I, I'd probably take Jack. Because he's a doctor. Doctor, yeah. That's pretty, Saeed and Jack, that's pretty good so far. So we got Locke. I'm gonna go aggro, Sawyer. Get mm. over here. Feel like you're protective. Feel like feel like uh, I can give you a gun. 
You're going to chase someone down. You went after a polar bear and shot in the fucking face. Yeah. Did not even care. Sawyer's got all the stuff, too. He does. Oh, yeah. He's got drugs. He's got uh, medical supplies. He's got guns. Like, I just feel like we're, like Locke can go out and get stuff, you know, like hunt a boar. Sawyer can't do that, but he's, he's resourceful on his own. Uh, all right. My, uh, my last pick is Kate. Uh, so we can find an excuse every week for her to have to take her shirt off, keep those uh, <laughs> keep those ratings up. Do you notice again this week? Oh man! Immediately Kate, at the top Katie, of the episode, Katie got up and yeah. was just like, "What is this shit?" <laughs> and I tried to be like, "Well, she's the only one with an extra shirt." She's like, "Shut up!" But they they find more shirts afterwards. I know it was like so blatant. Anyway, so that's my pick. We got to get those uh, get um, got to get those viewers. You know, that's true. Okay, well, I feel like I should stay in theme. You gotta have like, you gotta have a, gotta have a female on the team, and I guess we have to stick within season one, right? Like, I can't pick characters outside the curriculum. Uh, not sure. That, not sure that would even. Uh, oh, okay. All right. Fine. Rousseau. Ooh, Wild card. Interesting. Your team would not be able to solve a problem if their life depended on it, which it would. Right. But we have someone that is, you know, incredibly resourceful on the island. Mm-hmm. Like they've been there a very That's long true. time. That's they true. Can, they can, uh, you imagine like Rousseau and Locke, if they could get over their problems, like, man, they could get shit done. I could see, I could, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm confident with that team. Yeah. I'm not saying they're going to survive. I think they might all kill each other. That's a good pick. But I think it'll be, it would be an interesting, interesting show. That's a good pick. All right. Uh, Christopher writes in, I've been loving your show. It gave me a reason to start watching Lost again, which is still one of my favorite shows. I'm just now getting around to writing to you guys. I have a very cool uh, Lost story to tell. I was working for a small video production company back in 2006, and we were producing a video for Harvard University's 30th reunion. Uh, what? Isn't Harvard more than 30 years old? Okay. It, it is. Uh, one of no, the they're saying a Harvard University. 30th oh, reunion. Oh, a Harvard University 30th reunion. I get it. Like the 30th anniversary reunion of a class of yes. Harvard. One of the highlighted uh, classmates was Carlton Cuse and his wife. We flew out to Los Angeles to conduct the interview. The location was Carlton's office at ABC Studios in Burbank. We interviewed him. He brought us around for a tour of the facilities where I saw the writer's room and the old Disney huts where the post-production happens. We walked by an editing room. The editor, Stephen Samel motioned for Carlton to come in. He needed an opinion on an edit. We watched the edit session from a scene from season two, episode 21, called Question Mark. I don't think that's... Is that actually true? Or is he just being spoiler reverse? No, it's called Question Mark. Is it really? Think of the plane crash in that episode. Hmm. Is it really called Question Mark? the The camera, yeah, yes. Okay. I remember this very clearly. It's very upsetting. Uh, and it's the part where Locke has a dream about something in that episode. Mm, okay. uh, so that's awesome. Oh, and Christopher sent us some pictures of this, uh, and they're in the show notes, which are available at rewatchpodcast.com. Thanks, Christopher. That's really oh, cool. Oh, I All see right. you. Read, read uh, Timo. Which is a great name. Timo. By the way. Yeah. Try to watch Lost twice now. I only have one question. Does it ever get as good as the first series? I assume season. Uh, got halfway through yeah, oh yeah, season two when it aired and gave up because I had a growing sense of frustration about the show's direction, or more precisely, lack thereof. I'd sworn to myself I'd come back to the show once it was all over as the first season was absolutely brilliant. Fast forward almost a decade, and the profoundly mixed reaction to the finale and apparent tedium of the third season had me, kept me from catching up. Enter Rewatch Podcast. Inspired by you two and your infectious enthusiasm for the show, I gave it another shot. Blasting through the first season absolutely holds up, and your commentary analysis of each episode made me appreciate the show even further. As an aside, Shannon out turds Boone. I don't care what you say. 
<laughs> Maybe like the the indoctrination of turd as part of the uh, yeah le- the canon of language that we use to describe the show. History decided to repeat itself, so I got through to episode 11 of the second season, and again I stopped. I haven't bothered to go back again. As much as I enjoy the individual stories and elements, the second season just doesn't move me in the same way as the first. I'm torn. Should I give the show a third chance and power through and leave the mystery forever? Does the show ever get as good as the first season? I might be content with pretending lost like Terriers or Profit never made it past the first season, and I'll be left to use my imagination. Uh, so, I, I mean, if people ask, should I watch season one of Lost? Uh, my answer is unambiguously yes. Every episode is very strong. It holds together. It tells this incredible story. If the question is, should you continue after season one? For me, it's way more of a question mark. It's like if you're looking for a show, if it's like if you want something to watch, if you're trying to fit some more TV in your life, and it's like here's a bunch of of TV that ranges wildly in quality, like go ahead and watch it, and I do think you'll get some satisfaction at the end. Um, Can you imagine if the show just ended after the first season? I I can imagine that. I imagine it would have gone down in history as like the best TV show of all time. It would have been a cult classic. And You're saying, like, right now Netflix would be funding a revival yes, of Lost. Yes. And there'd be all this fan theories of, of what happened after the season one Man. cliffhanger. That, I mean, I think there's, there's a better version of the universe. There's an alternate universe where it was canceled, and, and that's a better world that I want to live in, where I get to make up for myself what happens after season one of Lost. Hmm. Because remember, there, we... We've talked about in like some of the uh, spoilerish parts of the show that I'll speak about vaguely that the, the let's say the, the last shot of season one, mm-hmm. which I, I, for anyone that has not seen it yet, like it will you will want to get up and punch a wall in like the best way possible. Yeah, I recommend waiting an entire year before starting <laughs> season two to see if you can do that. Yeah. See if you can just not click next on Netflix. I know, or if you can turn off your machine before it automatically rolls to the next episode, which is the new insidious way that they get you to keep watching. Um, you know what's terrible about that too is like when I fall asleep watching Netflix, then you'll get like t- through an entire season. Yeah, and it's like I wake up the next morning and I'm like, God, I don't even. I have to go back like twelve episodes now. Um, and th- that there was debate about whether to show more of oh, that final oh, shot, whether like how much to keep that ambiguous. Um, and there's something just so brilliant about the way that it, it's so infuriating, but really brilliant. And yeah, it is kind of amazing to imagine an alternate world where, cause that totally would have been a, a arrested development party down type show that people are just clamoring 10 years later for them to like go back and do. Yep. And in the end it would have been weird. Cause then like a bunch of people are like big stars now that like, you wouldn't be able to get everyone back together in the same way. Like, mm. Yeah, and the other thing, we, we would have missed the premiere, the fir- the opening scene of season two, which is like one of the great, oh, all-time great yes. scenes of television. Hmm. All right, uh, we do have, oh, we have one more from Joel. Uh, the season three finale spoilers uh, were most definitely leaked. We were wondering about this because there's a, a big twist to season three, and we wanted to know if that leaked ahead of time. Um I actually got inadvertently spoiled by Sean Elliott on his oneup.com blog. Full disclosure, he clearly labeled them spoilers. <laughs> what? And gave the read plenty of outs to not read the text. So why do I say I it got inadvertently spoiled? If you know anything about Sean, I know Patrick, you do. I do. He's a consummate griefer slash troll. Correct. I assume the spoilers were going to be some dumb meme. Sean had been critical of the show and devotees on podcasts for a while, so I didn't think he'd really be posting spoilers. I got to this wall of text that honestly seemed really out there and totally improbable. I read it all and dismissed it as light trolling. Lost was super important in my life at the time. My girlfriend and I scheduled our work shifts to be free Wednesday nights. So when I sat down and saw the finale with her 
and I started seeing things that were referenced in Sean's spoilers. About halfway through the show, I realized those spoilers were super accurate. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and they actually knew where this whole thing was headed. I could only feign shock and surprise as the drama played out, and not try to ruin things for my girlfriend. And through clenched teeth, watch the whole show change direction. And I could only think of how I ruined it for myself. So yeah, I spoiled the greatest moment lost because I was so into video game writers and podcasting. It's <laughs> really it's funny. It's like the long troll. It's like the that's great. Fantastic. It's like the meta troll. It's like you're so sure he's trolling that he uh, actually trolls you with real information. Uh, that's really good. Right. I mean that sucks. That sucks. Yeah. That sucks. Eh. Oh no, that eh. sucks. That eh, sucks. All right, we do have so we have some Drew follow up. I kind of think we should save it for next week for the thrilling conclusion next week because uh, mm-hmm. we have a live uh, show. What do you think? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll we're going to save this Drew follow up. Um, all right. Let us get to our interview with uh, Doswan. Doswan wrote the theme music for Lost. Uh, we'll give him a little bit more introduction in the uh, podcast. Uh, but uh, we'll go to him on uh, Skype. All right. All right. Uh, welcome, uh, Adam Doswan Drucker, to the Rewatch podcast. Can we say your full name? Yeah, that's me. That's how it is on my birth certificate. Too late now. Too late. We already said it. If you set it into a recording, you can't delete it. It's true. Damn. Uh, thanks so much for uh, joining us on the podcast, and thank you also for making the theme music uh, that I've been enjoying for nearly a year now. It's so good, and uh, I really uh, I really like it. That's my pleasure. Well, you know, if you like a theme music for a year, that's my complaint about most series, is I fuck, like, Boardwalk Empire, that theme music. Oh, man. We're, I'm watching the, uh, I'm on a, a watch-through of The Wire uh, with my girlfriend, and, like, some of the oh. seasons of The Wire. So, like, I really, I actually like the original season one uh, down in the hall. I think season, season three is pretty good. It's got that, like, good rhythm. Season, yeah. season five's okay. Season two and season four are unlistenable. I cannot handle the children's choir in season four. Yeah, and there's like the one that has slap bass. It's like Bobazy Bob. I don't know what's going on. It's <laughs> you're not talking about the Seinfeld theme. That's what it feels like to me. Like they let that guy in the session. <laughs> they, like the guy from the Seinfeld theme just kind of walked in and was like, "Yeah, hey, man, I'll show you what I got." He yeah, he like he uh, sleeps understudy or father. Funny story about that. Cards Against Humanity co-creator uh, Elliot's, I think, uncle wrote the Seinfeld theme song. Great. It's what? a great theme song. I'm yeah. not making fun of it. I believe so. One of my favorite things he, he to play was like at a, a bar. He's a famous like like theme song composer, and I believe he's related to one of the Cards Against Humanity guys in some way. It's like a piece of trivia. I remember him telling me at some point. Uh, that's amazing because it became a term for me, a blanket term where I'll hear something and I'll be like, I wish that had less Seinfeld. And yeah. all I mean is like walk-in slap bass. Yeah, that like goofy, goofy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, derpy uh, uh, slap bass music. Uh, Adam, are you a Lost fan? I can't remember if we talked about this before yeah. um, we we commissioned the theme song. Did you did you watch it when it was on the air? Were you later Lost to it? Fan, watched it all on the air. I was touring constantly when it was out, so I would always have to catch up and shit. But uh, I loved it. You know, I was one. Of, I was the only guy that was current that I knew really. So many people abandoned it. My friend Dax liked it a lot. Uh, and it was great. I think, you know, it went in and out like any good long series of being completely captivating. There were certain, I got to say, the first season was almost the most compelled I was about it. Wait a minute. I just realized we actually need to set up who you are. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> and the, in, the, in, the, in the rare occasion that someone listening to this podcast does not know who you are, uh, Adam, a dose one 
is a famous uh, rapper, composer, video game uh, soundtrack composer. Uh, you were probably best known for, well, for your solo work and for Cloud Dead, I would say. Is that, yeah. is that probably, yeah. probably accurate? And then you yeah. also sent me a bunch of um, albums from uh, Subtle, which is probably my personal, one of my personal favorite things um, that you've ever worked on. Um, and that's A lot of people have 13 and God, too, which, uh, but they never know it's me. That's yeah. And then, uh, uh, yeah, but those are all my bands. Lots of, I follow friends and make whatever I gotta, you know? And, uh, and so we, so we met, uh, working on Samurai Gun. You did all of the, uh, music for Samurai Gun and Bo and you were already working when I, when I came in, uh, to work on the game. Um, and still one of my favorite video game soundtracks. I like have that on my iPhone and I listen to it all the time. It's such a, it's such a great album. It's We're threatening so- each other to expand it and add more music, so hopefully that'll happen. That would be unbelievable. Um, and how do you know Patrick? So from all of us friends, I'm, Patrick, I met you a giant. Bomb. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, a giant. Uh, what did you call it? Robot. Giant, giant robot. Giant robot. I giant think that's robot. still. I believe that's still like an inside okay. joke of people call it giant robot now. So, Max, that's through you. You walked me up there. That's so right. That's I remember that. So, and the great story about that too is, so you brought your whole rig. We had this great idea that during a GDC live stream at uh, Giant Bomb, that we would have Dose One come and do, and this was like around when Samurai Gun was coming out, and we would do the the Samurai Gun soundtrack live because I had seen your live sort of Ableton kit, and it's like this amazing fucking production that you can do live of like bringing in all the elements of the song and rapping and like it's it is like a fucking sight to behold which is like i don't know why that's a surprise because you're a professional musician and you've been doing this for your entire life but it's it's like blew my mind to see you put this this really like layered intricate music together live um and we brought it up to giant bomb and there was like a big audience like milling about the giant bomb audience and we sort of there was a point in the in the thing where we like queued it up and it, on the stream, so the people listening at home, they were getting the signal from the song and from all the instruments and the beat and all this music. And they were getting a mix of your voice where you were your, your rap style, especially on the Samurai Gun soundtrack. It's this super intense, like g- g- kind of growling, like aggressive sort of rap style. And it just sound, when it's mixed, it sounds fucking awesome. But we in the studio, the like three dozen people who are in Giant Bomb, we were not getting any of the music mix. We just saw you sweating, sweating profusely, yeah, yeah. hitting frantically, like queuing up all these buttons and just like growling the rap, just the vocals yep. into the microphone. And it was one of the craziest things I have ever seen. You looked like yeah. a, you looked like a crazy person and you of course had headphones on. So you knew what it sounded like, but we were just watching like this, like crazy sweaty man, uh, growling into a microphone. I love that. Uh, and plus the thing that made it such a severe drop or raising temperature was that everyone was like buzzing and giggling and doing group thing. And then it was like, Silence. Well, yeah. Everyone Let's just watch this guy awkwardly do something that we can't quite understand. Yeah, everyone. Everyone was like, you know, drunk and just like talking. And uh, Dave Lang was probably bullying some poor uh, indie developer. And uh, yeah, and then everyone had to. <laughs> everyone had this uh, kind of was like, what the hell's going on here? But for people watching on the stream, it was like a huge moment of that stream. Uh, and I still actually like hear comments about how cool that was because uh, for people who could hear all the audio, like it's a, it's a incredible performance. Uh, and actually. I'm going to plug the Samurai Gun soundtrack. If you haven't heard it, uh, you can uh, buy it on uh, SoundCloud at uh, SamuraiGunGunn.com. Uh, all right. Tell us 
So I have a couple of questions about uh, Lost stuff. So you were watching Lost from the beginning? Yes, always loved. And how – so how accurate is the – so in this we're, – we're just getting to the finale of season one and we're getting a lot of flashbacks of like Charlie like trashing a hotel room, like fighting over like a thing of heroin with his girlfriend. How accurate is that? Is that the life of a touring musician? <laughs> I guess with heroin, no. I don't know. Like you can get a, yeah. Those if you're really smacked out, I suppose there's no tour manager. His brother. It's pretty romanticized that thing. You know what I think they're doing is Oasis. Yes, I totally yeah, agree. Yeah, that's fair. I think they're kind of like a shitty band that makes mediocre music, but it's like big stadium rock, and they're very popular in their day, and they have like a few big hits. Yeah, and their their energy between the two brothers is kind of this, like, I don't know what. But, I, you know, I think it's kind of, yeah, sure, if you're on heroin, like, shit is real. Uh, and you, I guess... Honesty. The, one of the biggest things you can be afraid of as a touring musician is someone sneaking coke somewhere and getting caught, or heroin, or whatever it is, or weed. So I guess that that whole... Thing. I've never had to swallow an eight ball in a bathroom on a plane. It's like that you got to take out of your ass and swallow. You're like, oh, I, you know. But I gotta say, that's that's got to be the fun part of serious drug addiction. Is it? Yeah. Is it? So I've heard from from other friends who have like gone on on music tours that it's not. It's like it's actually pretty different than than what you see in movies, and it's actually just like a lot of hard work and like. Oh, trying totally. to trying to get to place to place and like teching. It's not all just like women chasing you around and like you know like like a life of luxury. No, it's transit largely. And then for a person like myself, I did like a slightly whatever you want to call it, like an intellectual heady music. So I had a lot of male fans. So you don't even like the you you play for every night. You fill a place with who your music is for. So from band to band, you know, there's sometimes there's none of that energy, you know? Tell so us, tell us about this. What was the, I, I, um, I want to ask you about this. What, the last time we talked, uh, when you're in Chicago, you're about to head off on like a crazy stadium concert tour with a band I had never heard of. That was like enormously popular. That was some bell there. Well, they are a Belgian band called Arsenal and they are huge over there. They have all these, they told me they were in the first email an arena rock band, but mm. I assumed it, it was like broken English. But then they ended up actually, because I don't know what arena rock is. Uh, I think of Alice Cooper or something. And then, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. Or Kiss, I guess. And then I heard it and it's not. It's kind of like modern music. But what they make is they have one of the, it's like the, it's a soccer hit, their song. Uh, it's like, it's got all this, like, whoa, yeah, and they pack fucking the arena, man. I've and never people, seen people can, like, it's like music people can, like, sing along to, I guess? Yeah, it's really, it's very pop, it's very clean, different from song to song, but their hit, like, when they played the arena and they did that song last, they had to hit the lights on these motherfuckers. They would have done the chorus in perpetuity. They were like, whoa, the band had left the stage, <laughs> and all these people were just like, yeah. What wait, we got to find a video of this? What's the hit? What's the hit song? It's Arsenal. Arsenal, and then it's uh, I don't know. I'd have to look. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Song. Send it to me on Skype later if you if you can find it. it. And what were you were playing keyboards? Vocals. I I went out and rapped. That's awesome. Yeah, they they would call me Crazy Rapper Man. (laughs) 
you know, because it's not uh, present really in there. Okay, the coolest thing about Arsenal, though, is the one of the front guys, two, two uh, core members compose everything, and uh, the one guy does vocals, but they always have vocalists on their record, so he doesn't really write many of the songs, but when they play live, he does those lyrics, which is kind of hard to do, you know, and no bands really do that. Usually they trigger cameos off of some playback device but this dude was doing my raps and i do all these like triplets and fast rap polyrhythms and he was just saying the same word <laughs> apparently before i got there so they did the songs a couple times and he was just doing humana, 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 humana. i wonder but, if that's like what when when people who don't speak english when they listen to hip-hop if that's just what they hear is like a bunch of like random vowels yeah, and then the, and then curses and and places and products brands. So yeah, that's, well, I don't that's why brands. Pop music does so well around the world because everyone just cues it. They're like Kleenex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Xerox. Yeah, brand rock. <laughs> right. Uh, brand, oh, brand rock. That's yeah, great. I'm coining it. Um, brand rap is even better. It's just straight advertisement space. You sell a bar. <laughs> All right, so I got two lost music-related questions for you. Uh, so, so one of the things we've been – we've actually talked to some of the people who worked on the soundtrack for Lost, and we keep coming back um, in the season to, like, the soundtrack of Lost and how much of the atmosphere of the island and the atmosphere of the show comes from the soundtrack. Um, so when you're thinking of scoring something, so you're working on, like we, – we can talk about like Gang Beast now as an example, which is the uh, the fighting game that you're working on. How much typically does a composer um, – play a part in figuring out the atmosphere of the show and where do you find that line between, you know, um, going like there's a, you know, where, where's the, how do you walk that line between like going overboard with the music where you're like telling people what to feel versus right. making the music have an impact? So I think that everything is naturally a push and pull. So if you're looking at like a 30 minute thing, a piece of, uh, film, you know, you're going to parts of the film, the shot, the acting, whatever it is, are not really doing everything you're supposed to be feeling. So the music, it does a quite a bit of heavy lifting in those parts, but I find that like you were saying, you can overdo that sometimes and you start to take away from the moment. So really you kind of, when I do film or games, you look at they're sort of like sore spots, either in a positive or negative way. Like some places need a lot of help. And uh, that's actually the hardest work is fix. When I work on film, the best part, I don't know about the guys you spoke to in Lost, like if they were involved during the editing and creation of the episodes, or if they just had like gave them a ton of music and they used it where they used it. No, but, I, think, I think each episode was scored individually. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And they, yeah. So that's the way to do it. I mean, that's how I work on indie stuff. Cause you, and if you get to be involved while it's being created, then you can, uh, really influence things and feel like, uh, it's, you know, sometimes I guess with sound, there's two ways to do it. They involve you the whole time and you are influencing everything and you feel like it's symbiotic and you make the scenes what they are uh, when you're scoring and doing sound design. And sometimes you just do a shitload of music and they stick it everywhere. 
And, and what, you know, what are you, what are you thinking about when you're, when, when the sound reaches that level of like a samurai gun or a lost soundtrack where the sound is like, uh, almost like a character in the, in the story or a character, you know, in part of the atmosphere, what are you thinking about when you're designing that? You, you got to stay in the scene. <laughs> it's just like acting where like, you know, I've been around some things while they're being shot and like everyone, it's like lose it. You can lose character, I guess, with the sound design and the music. It, it really can't, uh, like you'll see a lot of Transformers movies and shit where like Skrillex just jumps out and <laughs> suddenly there's Skrillex in the scene or rock and roll guitars used to come out in eighties movies. You know, like I don't like to be heavy handed. I don't think that's really, uh, the place for that unless it's a fucking montage there's no need to be for the music to actually like jump out front push people around you know so and then um final um uh lost uh, question for you um do you when you were building the music can you talk us through the process of building the theme music for the podcast so i had sent you so we had that like we wanted to start with that like horn blast mm-hmm. that lost horn blast and then I think I was like, I had like edited together like just a timing sample of like this with this like breakbeat. Yeah. And then you wound up cutting up that like five second lost sample that I sent you and turning it into a whole beat. Yeah. I basically, so I put, uh, the cool thing about the less is more thing was I picked my favorite chunk where I liked every sound. I separated those sounds and then I put it on my various samplers. And what I always do is I stretch your breakout to be annoyingly long mm-hmm. and not necessarily change. And then I jam and I just run tape and I sort of make a mess and I fall in and out of patterns and I. So there was sort know. of like there's sort of like an improvisational element to it of like you're just you're just trying a bunch of things and seeing what works. And then I comb its hair and then I go yeah. back through and I basically turn things red that I like, turn things green that are like meh, you know, and then I throw that all away. I take an ear break and then I come back and I only use what's striking and then kind of layer it out. Like I don't – also with that, I wanted to hear Smoke Monster and have the beat be about those – I guess as a big fan of all the sounds and lost, I wanted to make it mostly out of the sounds I liked the most. So, you know, yeah. And I love, there was, there was some stuff you brought in there too, of some of the monster sounds that, that weren't in that sample at all. But just like I, when I went to listen to it, I was like, Holy shit, there's like all these like little layers in here. Yeah. I love that shit, man. That was my favorite part. I always loved the smoke monster. Cool. Uh, Adam, thank you so much for uh, talking to us and thank you again for doing the, um, the, uh, the theme song. Um, I have plugged every single week on the podcast. I have plugged your uh, uh, ringtone of the month, uh, which is one of my favorite projects that you do. Uh, is, there, uh, is there anything else? No, there's a lot of that stuff coming up. Uh, this Never Men album with Mike Patton and Tunde Adebimpe from TV on the Radio is coming out this year. What? Yeah, I've been working on it for years. And then it's called Never Men. And then I have uh, Go Dark. We have a new EP that's coming in August. And yes, I'm working on secrets. We're involving an old band of mine. And then, uh, what else? Gang Beast and Enter the Gungeon this year. This is my big, 
I've been killing myself on these two soundtracks. I'm trying to really... We're t- uh, Gang Beasts, uh, we should yes. definitely put a plug in. One of my favorite indie games I've played in, like, years. Early Where... access. You can buy it now. Oh, it's up. It's up. Oh, yeah. It's been up for, for a while. Oh, well, I don't know yeah. what the hell's going and it's on. It's like a shell of the man and woman it'll be. It's really... Uh, those guys have awesome plans. When is your Seinfeld theme song <laughs> cover album coming out? I, coming that... out soon. I'm going to... Okay. If I get you to publicly commit to it, does that mean you have to do a, a Seinfeld remix album? Yeah, but in Spanish. Great. I think. I don't know what that means, but that's fine. I'll take All it. Music in Spanish. They should do lyrics. Why aren't there lyrics? Yeah, it, okay. An entire album of the Seinfeld theme with, with lyrics, lyrics in Spanish. Amen. Oh, I love it. Amen. Okay, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I, see, I'm just allowed to spout bullshit and just say that sounds like a stupid idea. I don't have to do any of the hard work. I that. like it. We can. I, I think it'll be just more of that bass all day. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah, if you can just layer on more of that bass, that that's probably the the extent, the extent of my recommendation is like you know, <sighs> I could use some more of that bass. Maybe well, you know, copy I, and paste it. I wish when I turned my Mac on, it did like half of that riff. Oh man, that'd be a really annoying text message ringtone. Oh, just like, just like a little bit of a blunt. <laughs> yep, I love it. Skype call. Skype needs. Maybe to just it. some of the the mouth pops. Like God. Oh, like and if you walked away from your desk and then just like yeah. started calling your phone, just so you could like watch how long it takes for people to lose their minds. What if you rigged some sort of system so every time you worked, you walked in the room, it played the like Seinfeld like. Oh wait! You know what you need uh, for the, for the or, office. You need a radio sound effects guy who's always like taking out the trash, and then he plays a trash. Oh, morning, morning, morning zoo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need a morning zoo sidekick. That's guy. what I need in our meetings when I yell at people. I'm like, who did not put paper in the yeah. printer? I like the idea of the Seinfeld theme playing when like someone the UPS guy comes to deliver my package. I think that's I think that's actually like really a funny idea. I don't think I don't think the one I have in my apartment is advanced enough for me to swap out the music. Okay. Although right now it's pretty terrible. Right now it's like the like I hear like an American like theme song before I get to, I go to get my Apple Watch. Yeah, that's the, that's thank you United States Postal Service. All right. Thanks, Adam. I really appreciate it. Love you, boys. Have a great cast. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye, guys. All right. Thank you to Dose One for uh, talking to us about the wonderful theme music to Seinfeld and uh, the theme music that uh, he created for a podcast. Uh, you can find all of his work at doswan.bandcamp.com. One of my favorite uh, musicians. I really recommend his stuff. What a good theme song. Well, this is me, the rest of the podcast, Pretty right? bad. Yeah, Just we're going to listen to this on the loop, yeah. Oh, it's getting funky again. Oh, this goes on for a while. Wouldn't you want to like listen to this in a bar? No. All right. Oh, all right, yeah, you would. That. This is why you always get uh, almost beaten up at bars for uh, jukebox trolling. Cause you I, haven't, that, I haven't done it in a long music. time, but... I used to. All right, let's talk about this episode. I mean, honestly, I don't think there's a ton, a huge amount to talk about. Um, some big moments, but it's a lot of building up for, for next week. Um, so you've got um, continuing the flashbacks from last week. Uh, let's see. We see a Jin flashback where you realize he's being followed through the airport by the, yes. the creepy guy. That's a pretty great it's good. little twist. Yeah, it's is great. That there's this English person that you just would not... 
I love when he just busts out the Korean all of a sudden. Yep. Yeah. It still surprised me. I'd totally forgotten about that little bit when we were rewatching the episode. I was like, "Yep, that's a that's good. It's good and creepy. Yeah, I'm a good creepy guy. It's a, it's a, like it's a really menacing way to because it wouldn't have been a surprise. I, okay, I actually I need to. Bring, I'm going to pull this up on Netflix. There's something mm-hmm. about this that really bugs me. Okay. Um, just give me a second here. Uh, okay. So pulling up my flashback. Here we go. Okay, so. Jin is in the bathroom, and there is this um, sort of mysterious, like, uh, uh, white guy who's a very kind of intense guy, and he's washing his hands next to him. And mm-hmm. he's saying, he's saying, he's, he's going to ask Jin for a, hand, a paper, towel there, paper towel, right? So he's saying, uh, paper towel, this one's broken. He says paper towel twice, right? And Jin is sort of giving him a puzzled look. He's, like, looking at him like, <laughs> like what? I don't know what's going on. And now he's like, uh, and he's gesturing with his hands, like, I don't speak English, buddy. And the guy, he said like five times, like, paper towel, paper towel, paper towel, right? Yeah. You don't speak English. Sorry. And then he bows a little bit. Now he goes over and he gets the paper towel himself. Ah, paper towel, Yogine. And then he says in Korean, he goes, ah, here's a paper towel. But listen to what he says. All right. Could you hand me a paper towel there, bud? Right, asking for the paper towel. Mm-hmm. Paper towel. This one's broken. Asking again. Uh, Jin does not have any idea what he's saying for. That's fair. Sorry. And then he says, "Listen to what he says in Korean one more time." Ah, paper towel, The word for paper towel in Korean is like paper towel. I'm looking it up. But how could Jin not know what he was saying? Because when he says it in Korean, he goes, "Ah, here's a paper towel," and it's just paper towel. Trying to click the. But he doesn't say that. Is he saying in English just to troll Jin? Uh, oh God! Now Google Translate's freaking out. Uh, maybe. Uh, I or is know. that is that for the is that for the audiences? No, because they're subtitled. Yeah, I guess that's it's true. subtitled. No. Anyway, good flashback. That just that was just driving me insane. I was like, why? I was like, that is just. That's weird. Yeah. Paper towel. Hmm. Paper towel. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, so let's see. What are the other big uh, fly- airport flashbacks we get? Um, we get a uh, a Charlie fighting over the heroin in the hotel. Yeah, with his weird. Girlfriend. Weird little. Wow. What girlfriend, sets up girlfriend might be uh, lady, a, lady, a, lady of the night. Yeah, yeah lady of the night. Uh, but uh, it just sets up the heroin addiction again when he's going to find it in the uh, in the crash plane. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's some there's uh, some syn- plot synergy happening there because they're just yeah reinforcing what's going to become a you know yeah. obviously another plot point for. It's one of these ham fisted lost. It's like it's one of the concessions they have to make on network TV where it's like you know if this were Mad Men or you know Breaking Bad, they would say once in the pilot that he was addicted to heroin and then you just know that as the viewer. Yeah, they would they would just expect you to like but, do your homework and remember. Right. But it, but lost. One of the conceits they have to make to being on a network is you just constantly have to remind the viewer, like, hey, hey he's an addict, he's an addict, he's an addict. Yep. Uh, and you also get a very sad one with uh, Walt and Michael, um, where Walt sort of overhears Michael asking his mom to take care of Walt, and he's like, I can't really, I'm not really. Well, yeah, and but prior to that, we also get like real some, like when Walt goes to 
or when Michael goes to pick Walt up, uh, you know, Walt is certainly like sort of confused and curious, and you know, asks if Vincent is coming along. And there's that funny moment where Michael says, "Like, yes, he is coming along," just because he wants yeah, Walt and he to be happy. The dog. Um, and there's like kind of a sense of hope right there about. I actually think if any of the sort of like dichotomy between uh, off island and on island stuff is successful in this episode it is the walt and michael relationship in which we we see a lot of progress and like really like like cute like heartwarming moments between them uh when they're on the raft um but then you have this moment um to these moments in the airport in which one where michael is just asking him like some basic questions and letting him know he's going to walk away for a second and just walt doesn't just even not what game is he playing by the way i couldn't figure it out uh I, could, I was trying to figure that out too i do that every time i'm sure that a lot of folks do that but we, we have some pretty good trivia about that that scene and, oh, really? and the Game okay. Boy Advance specifically okay. uh, in, in later in the show, so the, but the sound effects didn't match up with a Game Boy Advance uh, system. It wouldn't shock. I mean, because they probably shot that in a way that they have to do it later and right. kind of line it up and post. And also, I mean, you know, whatever. So, I mean, Walt, I know Walt's just a kid, but if you play your Game Boy with the speakers on, you're dick in public. Uh, Don't do oh, it. Oh man, kids did that like crazy. Really? Oh yeah. One, there, was also, you, there was also a f- version of the Game Boy that you needed an adapter for the headphone port. I remember that. It had like a digital dingus. That might have been the Game Boy Advance. I'm not sure. Uh, one, t- one of the most mortifying moments of my entire life, I was on an airplane and I was like listening to a podcast and playing Pokemon or something. Uh, so I had my headphones on, my I, my noise-canceling headphones on my like iPhone listening to a podcast and my DS you know, on playing Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And somehow the volume slider got put all the way up and I didn't, mm. I didn't notice it because my headphones were on and I spent like an hour of the flight playing my Game Boy, D, my, my uh, DS at full volume. I was so mortified. I was like, I, could, I, I crawled under my seat and died of shame. On the Lost TV forum from May 26, 2005, the Game Boy game Walt was playing. Anyone catch what the Game Boy game was? I want to tie it into a fact I'm writing on a different thread here. And then uh, lots of people are, are chiming in. They didn't show it. I'm assuming they'll show it. <laughs> they didn't show it. I'm assuming they'll finish, throw it in during the next season. Like, just, like That's just a mystery they have to answer. Yeah, like, like, what is the Game Boy yeah, Advance game yeah, Walt was playing? Back, yeah. uh, that's so funny. Another person. There's at least one screenshot. I know because I was curious myself. Alas, I could not tell what game it was. ba 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 Looked like a eight bit kind of a thing with a character with a gun. I, I yeah, just... the brief shot show would look like a figure man running through some trees. Blah blah blah. blah. Let's see if we can get to the third page of this thread and see if we can come to a conclusion. Nope, the third page is just one. Here we go. A hunting game. I mentioned this on another thread, but it looks like Cabela's Big Game Hunter. Yeah. That's a good quick look. Uh, Did you ever see the, the? I think that's a Ryan, yeah. old Ryan and yeah, Vinny really one, where they, one where they play the big game, the uh, big game hunter. Hmm. I don't know. It doesn't seem like at least in this thread there's any conclusion. Anyway, that's Cabela's yeah. video game franchise. Oh, uh, so and then uh, so those are the big flashbacks we get, and you do get a great moment where they let um, Walt, uh, where Michael lets Walt steer, um, and that's sort of set up by this other moment where he's uh, talking to Sawyer on the raft. And I, this is actually one of my favorite parts of the episode. So I actually pulled this up on Netflix so we can uh, we take a listen. So this is just a little conversation between uh, Walt and Sawyer. Um, Sawyer's sort of reading the notes in the bottle that were collected last week. Those are all the messages everybody wrote. Sure are. They're private. Yep. 
I, for one, never knew how much Tracy, Mr. Hubby, and two kids back in Fresno. Yet she's sleeping next to good old Scott to keep her warm. <laughs> That's Steve. Scott's dead. Whatever. Kazoo. Kazoo. What a great nickname. How'd you like it for a You can't read mine because I didn't write one. Why not? It's the only letter ever wrote to the man I'm gonna kill. Why are you gonna kill him? Because I need to. Why? Because. Good evil Sawyer music. Mm -hmm. And I also love, is it possibly true that Sawyer never wrote a letter? Was he counting email? Well, I think he, hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I think, like, letter, capital L letter, like an important letter. I see. So, as opposed to, like, so a... He's not counting, like, Snapchats. Yeah, like okay. the equivalent of Snapchat for for that era. So I love that conversation uh, for a lot of reasons. It's, it reminds you of the stakes for Sawyer of getting off the island. Uh, and it sets up, you know, Walt does that thing where he's like, why, why, why? And he drives Sawyer crazy and Sawyer just snaps and he goes, because. And then later he does the same thing to Michael and he's like, why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? And he's talking about why why they got Michael got divorced from his mom. And uh, Michael handles it so much better than Sawyer. It shows you like this real growth uh, between those two characters. And he eventually, he, um, Walt says, you know, you made the right choice by, uh, uh, what was it? By like coming to get me or something. No, no, what it was, was the it? flip. It was that she made the oh, wrong choice. Oh, she made the wrong choice. By that not, was it. By uh, not letting me. Which, yeah, yeah, like it, it's it, it really yeah. like, you know, as they're wrapping up the first season and trying to show like character growth, like that is, you know, for Michael and Walt, that is awfully critical is that they have bonded in a way that uh you know i'm not sure if they would have as quickly without the island um all right so the other uh, the rest of the um sort of on island action it mostly happens uh with uh well claire's baby is kidnapped and then uh, saeed and charlie set off to find her so that's sort of one adventuring party and the other adventuring party is the ernst hurley uh jack kate Locke group uh and you get our adventuring music. Really good music. Really good music in this episode. They pull out a lot of the... Yep. Well, the last one I think we talked about... Did we talk about the music? The, the yeah. swelling when yeah. they all leave oh, the yeah. music? Oh, yeah. We listened to it. And yeah, We did? Okay. And then this one just kills me, too. I love them. This is the sort of mysterious adventure one. Um, oh, that little bit right there. Yeah. Oh, shit. Like, that's when they find, like, the Black Rock or something mm-hmm. cool happens. And then we'll get to the other one, the more adventurous uh, traveling music in a second. But... Um, such an amazing opening where Arts blows himself up. Because they just... I mean, a great, great moment The of little lost. conversation he has with Hurley when he's complaining about how no one pays attention Not even to the him. gym teachers. It's like, it's not just the kids, too. The gym teachers bully me, too. And he's just like, oh, what? Am yeah. I boring you? And yeah. you see Hurley just go, huh? Were you... Were you saying something? Yeah. Like, oh, God. He's just such a turd. They, they write, they're so good at writing turds on and this I, show. And you can also imagine that Damon Lindelof was just like a giddy writing this character yeah. like this was like his little way like grinding that axe I know from high school so good as we uh, revealed in a previous episode that it was based on a uh, a high school physics teacher yeah. science teacher uh, I love how they blow him up too like perfect comic surprising timing okay, turn off this music no oh, come on man it's great stop it it's doing it stop it, stop getting, it. I feel like we're journeying through this episode you can't do it, th- you can't do it for the whole conversation listen to how good this I, I'm not disagreeing that it's great 
It's great. Look, we're on an adventure now. I'll turn it down. Turn it off. All right. Stop. All right. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Love how they blow them up. Such a good, such a perfect mix of like dark comedy and also like actual tension. Got a little bit of arts on you. But he doesn't say arts. He says you got a little bit of arts on you, which is arts. Yeah, because remember in the first episode, Hurley yeah. keeps calling him Arntz, and he's yep. like, that's not how you say my name. That's, and then really, later, goes, that's a really subtle joke. I, I know. Pick up but he goes, that. dude, you got a little bit of art. Or no, he goes, dude, that was messed up. <laughs> so good. And then he later... Because like, all these other moments are like played like, like really seriously. Oh, so and, like, serious. And this one is like, a man literally blows up, but no one really liked him, yeah. and it's played for laughs, mostly. It's a, but it's a mix because it's not just laughs. Like it's yeah. such a subtle emotion for a TV show to be like, far, d- dark, funny humor, but also d- raising the dramatic stakes. Because I mean, you know, I've seen this. I know what happens. But when Locke is taking out that dynamite, I mean, it is a really great tense moment. Yeah. But they built tension out of like something. It's like I would say it's like the trope of like the guy walking across the rope bridge, which they also do in Lost, where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, is the bridge fall down or not? Like they somehow like get that level of tension of just taking the dynamite out of the, the thing and putting it in the t-shirts. Like, That's true because there's the difference between having Arts say, "Oh, this could potentially be dangerous," and then having right. him screw it up because because that un- they get rid of a character that doesn't really matter. It was mostly just for them to like toss around like a rag doll. And it also underscores that this is bad. It's not just like, ooh, it's bad. It's like, no, like, someone just blew up. Yeah. Uh, he also picks the one. He's the one who says the white stuff that's, like, sweating out of the dynamite. He picks, like, like, the, the worst possible he picks one. the worst stick. That There's, like, a million other sticks in there with barely any growth on them. Yeah. Yeah, real dumb. Um, so that's pretty much it. And then uh, they sort of set off on their adventure. They draw straws to see who's going to kill Well, there's a with Rousseau. Claire, the baby. Oh uh, yeah, we never said that. She takes the baby. Yep. That's it. But there's that. Gra- there's oh, there's like oh, that really great little heartwarming moment between Claire and Charlie, where Claire says like, "Oh right, go, right, go save." Yeah, she go she, save. She Aaron. Trusts Charlie, and, and, she, reveals and she reveals the name, the name. of the, yeah. the baby. I really like that moment. Yeah, the good character moments. Just uh, I'm and mostly- also, goddamn, that great moment. Oh, there's such such a good moment between Saeed and Charlie when. Charlie's flipping out when mm-hmm. clearly Charlie should not have left Claire alone with Rousseau, mistaken hindsight. And then when they both catch up to Claire, Charlie, Charlie immediately gets angry, punches Saeed. And then Saeed, rather than lashing out, uh, which I think most of the characters would have done, he basically just grabs his wrist and goes, do you, there's, do you want to keep assigning blame? There's plenty to go around. You know, like, let's go save that child. And it was right. Just like a, again, that's why you picked Saeed to be that's on your team. why he's my number one man. Because he actually has the... Got to go rescue a baby? Saeed's your guy. You got to torture yeah. someone? He's your guy. You got to yep. build a transmitter? He's your man. You want him to leave whatever's important and go chase after a woman? Yeah. Saeed's your man. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, mostly a lot of setup for next week. Let's talk about what we're doing next week. Yeah. Um, I also, we should record a little message to go on the top of this podcast, we too, should. Like, like consummate professionals that mm-hmm. we are. Uh, next week, we are going to be doing a live viewing of Exodus Part 3, uh, the best part of the finale. Uh, it's going to be live here in the Cards Against Humanity Theater on uh, Monday night, um, Monday the 11th. Uh, there's a link to RSVP. You have to RSVP. That link is at uh, rewatchpodcast.com. Uh, we're going to play some of Lost via Domus, uh, just a terrible, terrible Lost video game. It's I've never game. played it, but uh, I'm very excited to check it out. 
Uh, what else are we doing? Um, we're going to have, uh, I believe Jana's joining us. So we're going to check in with uh, our first ever guest on the podcast, Jana, who's finished all of Lost, and she'll kind of give us her perspective on it. And we may have a few other uh, surprise uh, guests and uh, some people from, uh, uh, from the, the podcast. Uh, the history of the podcast will be joining us. Um, so please go grab tickets. Lots of tickets remaining. Please go grab some and uh, come hang out with us. Yeah. On Monday, we'll have some beers. We'll get some pizza. It'll be very fun. Um, all right. You want to do Lost Trivia? Oh, yeah. Da, da, da. So, okay. Well, one was already picked. Uh, the, Aaron's name is revealed in this episode. Uh, previously, uh, Charlie had been calling him Turniped, which also is a great name for a baby. Uh, when Jack's group comes out, uh, or when Jack's group comes upon the smoke monster in the jungle, a huge bird takes a flight out of the tree, making a noise that sounds like Hurley, also known as the Hurley bird, which uh, became sort of an in-joke uh, amongst uh, the community because people were convinced it was a bird actually saying Hurley, and the creators were like, no, that is purely coincidence but then the community was also like they would say that they would say that it's not a thing that we should be paying attention to so that's where that comes from and you can search for Hurley Bird well it's like how when when they said in the lost uh, uh, what was that podcast they did about every you know the the post Mm -hmm. episode podcast and they would said there will never be any one lost and then sure enough there were six seasons of lost and was there any well no they told the truth you you can't you have to cut that out why you can't say that they said there would be no you can't do that you can't they said it in the podcast. You can't. You have to cut that part out. Of the no, 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 no. I'm not cutting it. You, ha- you can't. That's, dick, that's a dick move. They said. I'm not. I'm just saying what the creators now. What of the I, show how I'm said. reacting means you especially have to cut it out of the podcast. Well, that's your fault. You cut out of the podcast. Carrie, you're cutting out of the podcast. Uh, According to Damon Lindelof, a flashback for Vincent had been planned for this episode. The scene would show Vincent's experience at the airport. However, details of the scene were spoiled by the press, so the producer decided not to shoot it since it was not important and only an in joke. Bullshit. That's horrible. They God. tried. They tried a number of times throughout the series to like to shoehorn a Vincent flashback or first person perspective, and I'm still sad that they never. Uh, well, I guess they kind of did with the webisode uh, thing that we just, can't get just, into. But, but just like a GoPro, like you could have uh, shot a whole episode from Vincent's perspective. They always planned to. Cool. Yeah. They just never never got around to it. Uh, in an interview for Lost, the official magazine, Damon Lindelof explained that this episode was originally one hour long with commercials. Uh, so okay, so the. the the context for that is that in some countries it was aired uh, parts two and three were aired separate uh, together. Mm-hmm. So in some areas, places it was aired uh, separately. Uh, this would make the season one finale two parts aired over two weeks. ABC asked them to write a 90 minute episode, but they overwrote giving them three parts airing over two weeks and ABC just aired it. Uh, and then this one, the most important trivia of the week, uh, Walt asked for new batteries for his Game Boy Advance SP. Although SPs run on rechargeable batteries that last for nearly 2,000 charges, making it unlikely that Walt would already need his replaced. Uh, that's terrible continuity error. Terrible. I thought that was a double-A machine, no? Nope. Hmm. I mean, I don't think I ever had an SP, I guess. Oh, the SP was the greatest. It was the, the flip one, the clamshell? Yeah, but I think I never had that. Great wasn't machine. there Wasn't there a DS that was like that, a mini DS that was sort of that footprint, or no? No. So I guess I had like the Game Boy Mini Color, and then I jumped right to the first DS. Mm. I might yeah, have missed the SP that was whole. A, SP was a great machine. Remember the first? No, remember the DS Lite? Yeah, it's a great machine. That's the best one for just from a design point of view. Yes, that was an amazing machine. I had the white clamp, the, mm-hmm. the, the plastic. Yeah, Katie and I went and bought. We both bought one because she was obsessed with the Tetris DS, the best oh. version of Tetris ever made. Oh, I never played that. So good. Hmm. It's very expensive on eBay now. 
That's it. Oh, you know what? By the way, I gave up on uh, Majora's Mask. I, I might need some mm-hmm. help. Okay. Look at, help just me? look at a walkthrough. The problem with the Majora's Mask walkthrough is that the game, I think the game is sufficiently open that if I look at a walkthrough, it's going to give me too much information. Not Also, that it's not really a spoiler. Just get on. You just look at a walkthrough. You'll be okay. okay. Really? You'll be okay. It's an, it feels like... It's, it's a game that you should be looking at a walkthrough because it is... A, I looked at a walkthrough sometimes even playing through it a second time. So okay. don't feel bad. Okay. So it's not going to spoil. I'm not going to like... Sometimes if, uh, for, if a game is open and you look at the walkthrough, it's like, ah, I'm finding out all the stuff I didn't want to know yet. Nope. There's a very specific path. Okay. So you, you'll be okay. Okay. All right. Well, that does it. Please, uh, gra- if you're in Chicago, uh, or even if you're not, please grab a plane ticket and fly in for the finale of the Rewatch podcast. Uh, where's our? Where's my notes? Did you delete my notes? No, no, no. Here we go. All right. Next week, we're watching uh, episode three of Rewatch podcast, uh, Exodus part three. Skip it. Don't even bother watching it. If you're going to come watch it live with us, uh, we'll watch it here in the theater, and then we'll record the podcast. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, uh, Iron Galaxy, and Field Notes brand. I'm scrolling rapidly here. You got it. You nailed uh, it. Show notes for this episode are available at rewatchpodcast.com. Uh, we've got a bunch of links this week, including uh, the tickets to the thrilling finale of season one of Rewatch Podcast. You can email us your questions or comments for the finale at rewatchpodcast at gmail.com. This is your last chance. If you have any thoughts about Lost, any questions you want Patrick and I to discuss, any theories you want us to entertain, um, please uh, let us know. Uh, a question I would like to know is when you saw this for the first time or if you're watching it for the first time, what is in that hatch? Tell us what you think is in there. Uh, and yeah, uh, that's great. Yeah, okay, yeah. If tell many us what's people, in If many people who have not watched it or remember what you thought was in it, yep. give that to us and we'll read a bunch of those. And please don't tell us hope. That's not an answer, Rock. No. All right. Thank you, as always, <laughs> to our editor, Kara, for doing an amazing job uh, on this podcast. Thank you to Steve Fabwash Kim for artwork. Thank you to Dose One for our theme music. You can check out his work, including his ringtone of the month at doseone.bandcamp.com. Uh, please stick around. We're going to talk about the future of Rewatch Podcast for a few minutes after our theme music, and uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Um, do we have some spoiler chat? No. Um, all right. So, future of rewatch podcast. Do you want to do some sort of format where we blow through the rest of Lost? Yes. So, are you we thinking? Cannot do episode to episode. No, I I won't do it. I just I don't want to talk about. I don't want to spend a week talking about the bad episodes I, of Lost. I think the, I think the way you would do it is based on the X Files files format. Which is a, a really fantastic podcast about the X Files by uh, mm-hmm. Kumail Nanjiani. Yes, but here's the thing: is X Files episodes work on their own, so you can just pick a few and watch them. I know what I'm saying is you just bunch them together. So okay, that works. So right, like you just like you, you we would you would examine it like you would want to watch you would do an you do an episode for the first episode of season two, right? <sighs> no, you wouldn't though. Yes, you, you could would. do an episode about the first scene of the first episode of season two, and then there's fucking nothing happens. Oh, is this spoiler chat too? This count? We're spoiling it. Stop listening if you if you don't want to be spoiled. Okay. Nothing happens in that episode. I don't I don't remember enough about it. Nothing happens. They hide from what, a shark. Well, okay. Well, they we, hide from a shark on the raft and like lock Darmashir. lowers Kate into the hatch and then she disappears. Mm-hmm. It the first half of that season of Lost is such a tease. It's unbearable. Nothing happens. It's dramatic. It's suspenseful, but there's nothing to talk about. 
I feel like we said that a lot of times about episodes that we There's no really meat on enjoying. those bones, Patrick. You said that for a lot of episodes. There's no this meat on those bones. Ended up really enjoying and Here's, what we, about. Here's what we do. One episode for season two. Okay. Maybe two. Let's say two. Two episodes for season one two. One for the first half of season yeah, two. that works. And one for the second half. Yeah. I think that's how we do it. And then maybe we need to stop and do like... There will be like... I think there will be very specific episodes. The finale needs its own episode probably. And like... like Something like the constant, the constant will get its own episode. The Maybe shape, the, hits. the shape of things to come would be like a one. All Greatest right, hits would I'm be a good it. one. And then we got to go less often because I need more time to watch the show. So maybe we do like once every two weeks. Every two weeks, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm into it. Okay. And then we'll sort of then we sort of bundle that up, and that becomes re- lost rewatch. And then we got to um, then we'll figure out, out something else like Firefly or something. Uh, yeah. What What do people want to do? I guess is like if we commit to doing the rest of this series, but doing that in an accelerated matter, which will be done in like two months, right? Uh, what do people want to watch? Like, right. do we want to watch like new stuff? Like, do we want to like find a show on TV and that like we're watching week to week that is actually week to week that people are excited about? Is well, I just the problem with that is like without the benefit of hindsight, I just hate. I feel like there's not that much to say of substance about a show that's currently airing because it's like, what are you going to do? Like, I just so it's like it's not creating anything lasting, right? Like, I like I feel like people can listen to this Lost podcast and there's something of lasting value because we're talking about storytelling we're just talking about like general big good ideas in in well let's open up to, to you guys like wh- yeah. whatever people that are you know yeah still listening to this like what, what would you some want of the to ideas we've talked about twin peaks we've talked about firefly yep. we've talked about battlestar galactica is that it what else uh, we, talk we talked about the wire but that seemed like that would be difficult to do week to week yeah and the other problem with this podcast format is like Every week we have less viewer, less downloads and less listeners than the week before because you can't just start on this podcast. Like you can't just jump in with this week's episode. Right. Like you have to go all the way back to the beginning. And that's just an inherent problem with the format of like the rewatch kind of thing. So maybe it's just something we have to deal with and, and you know, hopefully we pick up a bunch of new listeners like when we start to, talking about Firefly or something. Um, but, you know, maybe there's a different format where, you know, we talk about a show or a different show every week or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Whatever. Just, what, yeah, we're just kind of throwing it out there. We're still figuring that out ourselves, but I think, I think that get, you know, allows us to finish our commitment to lost and not feel like we're leaving people dangling and not have to commit to doing four years of podcasting that lost 10 years after I, it came out. I cannot, and I will not. <laughs> All right. So All right. let us know. Yep. All right. And, uh, seriously, if you guys are in Chicago, please come by next week. It's going to yeah, be really we'll fun. Drink, we'll drink beers. It'll be cool. Yeah, it'll be fun. All right.